several years ago, I lived in Washington, D.C., in a big castle-like building called St. Paul's College. It was the Paulist Fathers Seminary, our novitiate, and the center for many of our ministries, including mine at the time when I was working for Paulist Communications. And in the center of the building was a large open courtyard with beautiful raised planting beds. And that's where my garden was. When I first got to St. Paul's, the courtyard was overgrown and neglected. There hadn't been anybody around who was interested in taking care of it, so it really went to rack and ruin. The weeds and the big planting beds were waist high, and the shrubs had not been properly trimmed in years. So I started with one of the small planting beds, and I cleared out the weeds and trimmed the shrubs back, and I put in some herbs. I like to cook, so it's great to have some fresh herbs around to work with. And then that fall, I put in some new bulbs, which came up in the next spring, at least the ones that weren't providing winter sustenance for the squirrels. Over about four years, I cleaned up the whole garden. I put in nearly 40 different herbs and almost as many flowers. There was a bed of culinary herbs nearest the kitchen, a bed of medicinal herbs, a nice fragrance garden, a bed of biblical herbs, and all the way in the back, the deadly poisons garden. Lovely flowers, all toxic, because you just never know. Working in the garden was very good for me. It kept me connected to the earth and to the seasons, and gardening follows a very predictable cycle. So much of what I do is ongoing projects and ongoing crises, and the garden was a place where everything had a beginning and a middle and an end. But the garden also taught me that I don't make the plants grow. I can put seeds in the ground, I can plant and fertilize and weed and water, but only God provides the sunlight and God makes the plants grow and flower and bear fruit. And sometimes God sends squirrels to teach me humility. Today's scripture readings look at the kingdom of God through various gardening metaphors, and they tell us about the beginning and the middle and the end. The prophet Ezekiel writes about the restoration of God's reign, comparing it to cuttings taken from a cedar. Over time, the cutting becomes a new tree. Like many of the prophets, Ezekiel wanted his people to have hope and to remember that God had not abandoned them even in their trials and that God's justice would reestablish their prosperity. If you know anything about trees, you know that you really shouldn't trim the center growth of a young tree. And if you do, this tree stops growing up and it becomes misshapen and sad. And this is precisely what Ezekiel is describing. God is going to start something new from that top shoot and the old growth is going to be left behind. He's talking about the great disaster that would separate Israel into two kingdoms, north and south. And only a small remnant would survive to continue its journey as God's chosen people. But that small remnant would eventually grow into a great nation again.
In Mark's Gospel, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, comparing it to a seed growing in secret, and also comparing it to a tiny mustard seed that grows into a huge plant. And the point here is that God's kingdom isn't going to simply drop out of the sky. Its seeds are all around us, already planted. We may not see them under the soil, and it may be hard to believe that the reign of God's justice grows from such small seeds. But that's how God works, and that's why we must never lose hope. Those seeds of the kingdom, at some point, have to be planted. They grow and they bear fruit in God's own time, but they have to be planted. And we are the ones that must do the planting. Surely we have those seeds because God's grace is at work in us and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We plant those seeds when we do something unexpected like forgive someone who's wronged us. You plant a seed for justice when you are honest, even when you might have gotten away with a lie. You plant a seed for peace when you forgive instead of holding a grudge. And together we plant seeds of reconciliation and hope when we acknowledge that our sins aren't just personal, but are sometimes baked into the systems and social structures that we take for granted. When we plant these seeds, God, who works in secret, will use them to grow his kingdom. Once we've done some planting, we have to trust enough and have faith enough to believe that God who loves us will make these seeds grow until God's justice and peace are established and until God's kingdom flowers in all of its fullness. When I moved out of St. Paul's College all the way back in 2002, there was unfortunately no one living there who was interested in maintaining my garden. And it was soon replaced with what were, to my mind, less interesting but lower maintenance plantings. And just a few years later, the Paulists moved out of St. Paul's College in favor of a space that would better serve the needs of our formation program into the future. But the most important lesson that gardening teaches me, even when my garden is just a memory, is that change is constant, and that's okay. There will be new places to plant and new homes to settle into. And this seems particularly apropos as I begin a new ministry and a new phase of my life here in Troy. This is part of the nature of God's reign, and it's the lesson of these parables. Things change, things move. Sometimes we're aware and sometimes not. Sometimes we're instrumental in com the coming of God's kingdom, and other times it seems to approach like a thief in the night. Even when it's pretty clear that we're not in control of things, we are asked to keep planting seeds, trimming the hedges, and trusting that the harvest will come. God is still in charge, but he's given us work to do. So plant the seeds of his reign carefully and generously. Trim back the parts of your life that are excessive or that are no longer fruitful. Cooperate with God's grace, attentive to the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, and prepare for a generous harvest.